On this Friday morning, it is time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, let's talk about this Green Party thing, because in both cases, we're going to talk about the NDP and the Green Party. It is, what did you know and when did you know it? We'll start with Sonia Firstenau. Yeah, so Sonia Firstenau of the Greens has a regular media availability at the legislature on what's going on this week, and she had one yesterday. And Oh, the Greens, you know, they're very policy oriented and so is First to Know. So she gave us a little briefing on what the Greens have had to say on issues like LNG and healthcare and all that. And then she took questions. And of course, all the questions, the pesky news media were only interested in one story, which is the decision on her part to accept the resignation and or oust Dr. Gandhi as the deputy leader of the Greens over a totally inappropriate link on social media where he liked the posting of somebody who compared Dr. Bonnie Henry to Joseph Mengele, the Nazi war criminal. So what about it? Um, First, I know, tried to put best face on what she did. She said she acted within an hour of the posting being drawn to her attention. And by the way, Simi, I don't know if you were aware of this, the posting was drawn to her attention by our colleague, yes. Rob Shaw, okay. yes. uh, who sent it to First and O for a comment, waited to see what her response was, and her response was correct. Uh, she cut her ties to Dr. Gandhi. So on that one, uh, First and O says, look, it was totally inappropriate what he did, and I acted right away and dealt with it. So, you know, can we move on? Except we can't. No. <laughs> so there's still some issues. I mean, the first question is, it. this comes up every time someone is done in by one of these idiotic, stupid, reckless, careless social media postings is how much vetting was done because you always know that, you know, supposedly political parties ask people who want to run for them or become their deputy leader, give us access to your social media accounts so we can go out and find this stuff before the news media does or before our opponents does. So the question to first to know was, there are some other postings by Dr. Gandhi that are also questionable. How much vetting did you do? I was surprised at first to know's answer. She said, talk to the party. They do the vetting. Well, Okay, they vet their candidates, and he was running as a candidate against Adrian Dix, but uh, Andrew Weaver, who's no fan of Sonia Furstenau, the former leader of the Green Party, points out that the deputy leader of the party, which is the title that Dr. Gandhi had, that's chosen by the leader of the party, and the leader of the party is accountable for that choice. So I think it's a valid question, and we didn't get a very good answer from Furstenau. How much vetting did she personally do or make sure was done before she named him her deputy leader? I think there's an outstanding question about Firstenau's judgment there, and I don't think she handled the answer very well. Yeah, because you know the thing is, there were lots of questions about uh, some yeah. of his online behavior, and that's been happening for months. Yeah. So, did she was she completely unaware of this beforehand? Uh, she really didn't address it. She just said, talk to the party. And the other thing, of course, Richard Zussman raised this issue in the thing, was some of Firstenau's own comments on this issue are also questionable. For example, Firstenau accused Dr. Bonnie Henry of gaslighting British Columbians. I mean, that's a, a level of deceit that you're accusing the chief provincial health officer of, 
uh, you better be able to back it up. So Richard asked her that question, and her answer wasn't very good on that either. She said, well, you know, as an opposition party uh, leader, I'm expected my job is to hold the government to account. And so I jumped in and said, yeah, but do you think Dr. Bonnie Henry is gaslighting British Columbians? That's what you said. And she said, well, no, she doesn't think that. So, you know, uh, first, you know, maybe right. She dealt with this very quickly. That's true. And, uh, you know, in the political realm, a leader who stops the storyline on the spot in the first hour uh, has a much better chance of surviving it than the kind of leader we have where they twist in the wind, practice denial for days, and finally come around and admit it. Uh, the case uh, example being what's going on with Doug Ford in Ontario, where he's still admired in the green uh, scandal, the Greenway scandal uh, about all the That's very true. land that he was trying to take out and develop housing on. So, you know, I do agree with the basic point that First Inno says of you move on and uh, the Greens, she hopes, will be accountable for their policies, not for how she handled this one. Exactly. Okay, so that is one issue there, but they still they still haven't fully answered that because I know the BC Conservatives also went after Dr. Henry yesterday too, didn't they? <laughs> so we had a double header against Dr. Henry yesterday. Uh, as soon as you're finished with First and O, uh, we rush out to the back steps of the legislature where the other um, party in the legislature, the fourth party in the legislature, the BC Conservatives are holding a rally They're calling for Dr. Henry's head as well, but from a different part of the political spectrum. They think she should be fired uh, because she required healthcare workers to get vaccinated. And we had a variety of, uh, you know, a former nurse and a naturopath doctor and other medical people stand up and say, this is awful. They can't do their job. They can't practice. Uh, They don't clearly from their comments, they don't have much faith in vaccines and they want uh, Dr. Henry fired. So, you know, we don't often get this kind of teachable moment in British Columbia where you get back-to-back press conferences on the issue. But, you know, I think a lot of us went that um, on some issues, Simi, it's a mistake to think of the political spectrum as a line that goes from left to right. In some cases, it's a circle. Mm-hmm. where the extremes meet in the middle or at the bottom or wherever you want to imagine it, uh, the Greens and the, the Green comments uh, and the Conservative comments uh, both going after Dr. Henry, although Sonia Firstenau said the comparison is not a fair one because the Greens have never questioned the efficacy of vaccines. That's true. But they have questioned Dr. Henry's judgment on other matters. All right, we're back with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. And we're still talking this week about what the government knew and when they knew it when it came to concerns about safe supply. Yeah, this is a serious story, a serious scandal, I think, that the government's having to deal with. So on October the 24th, Premier David Eby cut the government's ties with the Drug User Liberation Front. They were on a $200,000 contract in connection with the safe supply of drugs. And Eby said he was cutting the tie because the Drug User Liberation Front had been buying drugs on the black market having them vetted for safety at two of the province's universities and then selling them to members of a compassion club off a storefront 
on the downtown east side. Eby said, it's unfortunate that he had to do it, but he said they were breaking the law. This is the premier's word, and he's a former attorney general. They were breaking the law, and we can't stand for that. And the other thing Eby asked was that British Columbians should note that he dealt with this as soon as he knew about it, as soon as the government knew about it. Okay, that's the storyline on October the 24th. The problem David Eby and the New Democrats have is that transcripts of a legislature committee way back in June 2022, so what, a year and a half ago, show that the committee was informed about this practice of buying drugs on the black market and flipping them around and providing them a safe supply. The committee heard testimony to that effect way back in June 2022, and we know this because of an excellent bit of reporting by Fran Yanner of the Northern Beat. So what did the government know? Well, collectively, the government knew 18 months ago that this was going on. And what did they do about it? They didn't do anything about it until the opposition brought it to their attention um, in October. So it's a serious issue led to a lively but unproductive exchange in question period yesterday between the current Attorney General, Nikki Sharma, and former Attorney General, Mike DeYoung, who is a BC United member for Abbotsford. I'm so interested in this because you wonder what was going on behind the scenes. Like, did they never say anything to the people at Dolph or did they talk to them? Like, there obviously must have been some kind of communication there. The Attorney General... Sharma must have more knowledge about it than we do because she was chair of that legislature committee. Well, yeah. She sat there and heard the testimony that this was going on, but she absolutely refuses to engage on this issue. She turned around and accused the opposition of shameful behavior for making an issue of this, scoring cheap political points when lives are at risk because of problems with the safe supply. And DeYoung comes back and says, well, I've been around here a long time, but I've never heard an attorney general suggest that it's shameful for the opposition to be asking about criminal behavior, criminal behavior that the government admits is criminal, right? So it was a, I mean, it was an important exchange because holding the government to account is a job of the opposition. It's also an important exchange because the premier did not give the whole picture on October the 24th when he said the government acted on this as soon as it knew about it because some members of the government, including presumably the attorney general, if she was listening back in June and during her committee meeting, knew this had been going on for a long time. Yeah, and this isn't a, a small thing. I mean, they were taking these drugs. Also, I have questions about the universities at labs that they were taking these yeah. drugs too. Like, what were they thinking? Yeah, look, there's a whole matter here that we knew and we didn't know. I mean, there's some evidence that we knew this had been going on for a while, and we were looking the other way collectively because because the opposition was on that committee too. We were looking the other way collectively because you've got to get safe supply into the hands of people, and the only way to do it is to buy drugs on the dark web. Uh, that's the cover story for what was going on. But you make a very good point. The universities were vetting these drugs, and presumably, did they know these were illegal drugs, well, and that's yeah. why they were being asked to vet them? I mean... It's a matter that needs some kind of independent review here 
that goes, what did we know? When did we know it? Why did we do it? What did we do about it? And why did it take until October 24th for the premier to step in and put a stop to it? And that happened only after the opposition, Eleanor Sturko, made an issue of this in the House and the government couldn't ignore the illicit black market trade in safe supply any longer. And these purchases were cocaine, heroin, methamphetamines. From what I know and what the committee was told, Simi, there's only one way to get that stuff. You go to the black market and you buy it from criminals. So, you know, this is a this has compromised, in my view, the entire reputation of what's going on with safe supply. And for the attorney general to say it's shameful to bring it up and even ask about it when she knew about it 18 months uh, ago, yeah. that's not an acceptable answer. It is not. All right. Well, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Sam.